This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Supposed to be sunny weather for most of the week, uh, which is always a nice thing. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Our guy, Nathan Marzian, has returned from the woods in northern Wisconsin to join us as well. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. How was uh, the weekend getaway, Nathan Marzian? Rohan Cotty uh, filled in for you. He did a great job uh, from the Eurostep podcast. I appreciate him uh, once again coming on. If you missed it, go check it out. Uh, on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast app. So what you do, Nathan? Anything fun? Just a lot of fishing. Um, we always do a lot of bass fishing, a little bit of musky fishing up Ooh. there, and didn't didn't catch any big muskies or anything. My dad caught a baby one, which was funny. But we did we had some luck with bass. Um, but, yeah, it was a good time to saw Musky fishing is not easy. Not no, an it easy is not. thing. My grandpa loved musky fishing, but it was not an well, easy thing to do. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, I could do it all day, even though we're not getting anything. It's like just the thought of, okay, like this could happen at any point. And having caught, I've caught a few muskies in the past. And it's just, it's worth it when you do catch one, you know. And um, it's, it's very similar to wishing and hoping one day the Bucks could get a superstar. And then eventually it happens. And yeah. Giannis is kind of like the Bucks muskie. Yeah, you're literally sitting there out there and you're like, all right, well, there doesn't appear to be any hope. There doesn't appear to be any reason to be optimistic, but I'm still out here for no reason. You know, I'm right. still out here just casting and casting. And it's the same as just being a Bucks fan for so long. It was just yes. like, there's no reason to be hopeful. There's no reason to be a fan of this team even, but we still are for, for just no reason. We put ourselves through this. And then all of a sudden you luck into Giannis and boom, you're, everything's changed. It's just awesome. Just crazy. So can't believe that we have Giannis on our team. Uh, okay. So uh, we're going to do like a, uh, kind of like a list show uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, Dr. J put out his top 10 list that we definitely need to get to. Um, and then uh, another uh, site put out a Bucks top 10 list. Uh, we're going to get to that as well. Before we get to those lists, though, I, we're going to start off with uh, the NBA. Last week, at the end of last week, sent out a memo to all of the NBA teams. All of them got a memo saying that they are aware Damian Lillard and his agent telling teams that they will only play for the Miami Heat. That is the only team that they will go play for, so do not bother talking to Portland about making a trade for him because he is not going to play for your franchise. And they pretty much threaten retribution to Lillard and his agent uh, if word gets out that this is continuing to happen and pretty much told the teams, feel free to trade for Damian Lillard if you want. Uh, We are not going to allow this to occur. I, when I saw the memo and the tweet come out, applauded it, said absolutely love it for the NBA. Love it. Big fan. 
This, however, is not the first time this has happened. I am interested in finding out why this is the moment in time they decided to go have this conversation about you can't do that. This happens in all sports where guys try and dictate where they want to go. It happens all the time where guys want to play somewhere and they try and force the ownership hand into trading them where they want to play. And then you give up or you get back less than what you should have gotten back because a player holds all the cards. Now the NBA decides with the trailblazers, they're going to step in and help Portland to try and get a better deal than getting their hands tied behind their back with the Miami heat. I am surprised uh, that they did this. I do think it's the right thing, Nathan, but I'm surprised they actually get it. Cause I feel like this is kind of like tampering and messing around with transactions that may or may not occur in the NBA by doing this. Um, but I, I support it. I like it. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, it's, I think it's a great thing to, to send that message of, Hey, this is not going to fly. We're not going to just let players do this. You know, it's one thing if you're a free agent, yeah, you can decide where you want to go. You can be like, I only want to sign for that team. I really want to play for that team. You can't just be under contract and demanding I'm playing for that team and that team only. And my team cannot trade me. If, if you trade me anywhere else, I'm going to threaten to not play. And right. it's like all this stuff that came out. It's like, that's not how you handle that. Especially, you know, especially a team that, you know, you, you would, you've been with for a long time that, you know, gave you your start in the NBA and everything. And, and there's, he has every right to want, as any player does, to want to leave, to, to ask for a trade, to say, I'm not, I don't want to be here anymore. Every right he has to do that. Yep. But to say, I'm only going to this team and we're going to work, you know, again, to call other teams and be like, Hey, if, if you trade for our guy, he is not coming. He's not playing. Don't even try to trade for like, that is, that's where it's like, this is ridiculous. And, um, I'm gl- I'm very glad, as you said, I'm I'm very glad that um, that they did this, that they sent out this message to just let the league know that you know, yes, the players have a lot of power, but you're not going to get this much power. But see, that's that's the thing, right? So because the, the agent for Lillard said, "Oh no, no, I I, I wasn't doing that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't doing that." Hey, obviously, teams and general managers and owners uh, all verified Mr. Silver that this was going on. And this is exactly what they were being told. Now, maybe it didn't come strictly from his agent. Maybe it came to one of the associates of the agent or one of Lillard's associates placing a call or an email saying, Hey man, he's going to play Miami. So sorry, Milwaukee, if you're interested, he likes Giannis, but he wants to go play in South beach, with Jimmy. So don't bother wasting your time. So immediately then what happens is you get the, do you think the bucks now can get involved? Sparky. Uh, now that this has been forced to kind of get opened up. I don't think the Bucks have any interest in getting involved in this, Marzian. What say you? No, and I just don't see the package for it. Um, I could see us trading. Like, the only reason I could see Portland wanting Drew is if they were getting him to pair with Dame because then you get that defensive guy to put alongside Dame where Dame isn't a good defender. Like, he compliments right. him in that way. That would make sense. But if you're giving up Dame... You, there's really no reason for you to want to get Drew back. That doesn't really do anything for the Blazers. So like, the package just doesn't exist. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the Bucks are willing to. I don't know, you know, if the if the um, Blazers wanted Drew plus, you know, Chris plus picks or whatever. I don't know what. What they about would need the eighty-three for. point man, Marjan? I mean, he it yeah. might just be Marjan straight up for Damian Lillard. No, Marjan. Yeah, we got we to gotta talk about that, too. I forgot about that. I mean, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but um, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, yeah, I I just don't see the package. You know, if there was a package that the Bucks had more picks, then I could see it happening. Like, that's the only reason the Bucks have not really been mentioned as a team for Lillard. And it's kind of similar with Philly, where it's like, yeah, he'd make sense there. You know, put him alongside MB. For they sure. need a point guard. 
but they just don't have the picks to get the deal done. You know, why like Portland's not going to want their package. So, um if this was as I you know, as I've talked about on this podcast, next offseason the Bucks are going to have on draft night three first round picks to trade. If that was right now, I could really see this like okay, let's give up Drew and three first round picks and you know, if Drew's an expiring contract at that point, like then you could see it actually being a realistic package that the Blazers might say, "Hey, this actually is a good package." But at this point in time, it just there's there's no way it's going to happen. The other thing about this is no NBA schedule still, uh, and Harden is still in Philly. Lillard uh, is still in Portland. I wonder how much of this is the NBA waiting to see, right? So because at some point you got to release a schedule. I mean, there's got to be a drop dead date of okay, you've got to release the schedule now. Training camp. Tomorrow is August 1st, Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday the 31st. Tuesday is August 1st, at which point you then can say training camp starts next month for the Bucks. We're at that point. It starts in September. So end of September is when we get going here. I, I, I don't know how long exactly you can continue to wait every year of the NBA before you put out a schedule. Now, to be fair, I, I think they – because I looked it up because I was getting antsy for it, and I'm like, when is the schedule coming out? So I looked up when it came out last year, and I think it was early – I think it might have been mid-August – was around the time. So it just comes weeks. out late. Yeah, it just comes out late. Um, and I think, you know, they, again, they kind of want to make sure they know all the details of of where guys are and all that stuff before they come out with the schedule because they care so much about getting those primetime games and getting the, you know, the stars in, in the on national TV and everything. So um, it definitely factors into it. But at the same time, I mean, I, again, I didn't expect it to come out by now either way. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk quickly before we move on to the list. Uh, your thoughts on Marjan Bochamp. I saw you, uh, of course, going back and forth with people on s- social media, people getting mad at you about, you know, you're not showing enough love or respect. Put some respect on that Marjan Bochamp name with 83 points in, I don't know, and one basketball, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. They're playing in these pickup leagues like the Drew League and so forth. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, It. I mean – it's really cool. Like I looked at it, I was like, oh, cool. Marjan has 83 points. Like that's cool. But I'm not like, oh, this has any NBA meaning. I mean, it doesn't. Zero. It's like, I don't know why people have to take this stuff. And and I'm like, not every basketball game has meaning. Like it's him going against these basically strangers out there and dominating them and showing that like, yeah, the, you know, NBA players are a lot better than the average person. Like that is a fact. And that is just how it is. But Peyton Pritchard had like 109 in a pro-am game yes. last year. Does that mean, oh my God, Peyton Pritchard's and I'm like, no. And I'm not saying Peyton Pritchard sucks, but he's nothing special. And I, it's like, I, I just, I saw that and I was up North. I was fishing. I checked my phone. See, Marjan Bochamp has 83 points right now. And I was like, that's crazy. But I wasn't like, I need to go tweet about this because it's so important. Like, I don't care. He's going against, he's going against random dudes. Look at the defense that's being played. There's no defense. Um, he had a couple nice moves. I mean, I like that he hit some threes, but again, it's, there's not much defense being played. There's no real stakes. There's no, like, I I would hope that, I'm not expecting every NBA player to go out there and score 83, but I would hope that most NBA players can absolutely dominate that game with that type of defense being played if they're going to get the ball that much. Like, it's not hate. It's just like, that's that's what I expect an NBA player to do. And it's it's cool for him. Like, I'm it's cool that he broke the record. I like that he's getting some attention and people around the league are now starting to know his name. Um, but as far as, like, as a Bucks fan and as an NBA fan, I, it has really no meaning uh, for the NBA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the positive. He's playing. He's working on his game. He's trying yeah. to get better. And I mean, as a Bucks fan, that's what you should take away from it. And he got hot and he got going and he was hitting his outside shot a little bit, building that confidence, right? Mike McCarthy, I always use this and everybody can make fun of McCarthy all they want, but I always liked his phrasing of you got to stack one success on top of another. That's how you get to where you, where you want to be. And Stacking successes is what this is all about. So he puts up 83. Yeah, man, he's going to feel himself. He's going to feel good, man. 83. How many human beings can say they put up 83 in any game? Probably not a lot. So from that perspective, I'm happy for him. To your point, and you're 1,000% right, this means nothing to what he's going to do in the NBA season. Nothing at all. But I am happy that he played well. That is good. And then meanwhile, you've got Giannis, who's in like China and Africa and Greece and all over the place, playing with kids on basketball courts outside from one country to the next, that's also a pretty cool thing to kind of see on social media as a Bucks fan. Because I think right now Bucks fans are, um, if you're not a Packer fan or a Badger football fan, you're kind of lost right now. Like, what? what I have nothing. I have nothing. I mean, the Brewers, okay, fine. But other than that, you, you kind of got nothing at this point to feed what you have. So that's why when a Marjan Bochamp does something, Bucks fans go nuts. Oh, Bucks stuff. We finally got something to talk about and it's positive Bucks stuff. I think that's kind of why everybody went crazy with it because there's simply nothing going on otherwise. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just one of those things where like, yeah, as you said, nothing's going on and it's like, Oh, we have something to talk about. And you know, I'm not saying people can't be happy about it and excited about it, but it's like to, to again, to take any type of meaning as far as for the Bucks next year and it, like to take any type of meaning away from it that way to me is like, okay, what are we really doing here? Like we can just right. say, oh, this is fun and this is cool without actually being like, oh, look, he's going to take a huge leap. This is, this is proof. Like, okay. Like it's a, it's a game against, you know, random strangers. Let's chill out. All right. Let's move on to the uh, Dr. J list, uh, which is very, very interesting. Uh, again, Dr. J, a little bit uh, older. Right, a little bit older, played a long time ago, played before uh, Marzian, obviously. Uh, and this was Joy D'Angela, I think is her name, uh, podcast or whatever. And she was sitting with Dr. J in the video uh, as he's going over his top 10 players of all time. Now, this is in no order. Pay attention at home. Bill Russell, old guy. Wilt Chamberlain, old guy. Jerry West, old guy. Oscar Robertson, Mr. Triple Double, old guy. Uh, Elgin Baylor, yep, he, he was a long time ago too, played a long time ago. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm, closer, closer. Nate Tiny Archibald, old. old yeah. mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. Now we got to go to the next level of uh, youngness. Uh, Michael Jordan, okay, a little bit younger, right? Him and Jabbar intersected a, a little bit there. Magic Johnson. Carl Malone, that's the 10. No bird, 
who would have fit in that list if he wanted to. He went Tiny Archibald. And I think there's some rift between Bird and him or something along those lines. I don't remember the exact story, but I think there's something there. Um, and he made clear, because she right away was like, no Steph, no LeBron. Like, And he's like, they're not done playing. I'm only giving you a list of top 10 players of all time whose careers are done. And I'm not going to judge anybody's career until it's officially done. Start to finish, then I'll have that conversation. My thing about top 10 lists, including Dr. J's, you are a prisoner of the era that you are in, is my belief. Whether it is a, a list for quarterbacks in the NFL, running backs of the NFL, uh, baseball players, pitchers, whatever. You are a victim of the era that you live in. That is what you know. Yes, I can YouTube and watch Dr. J highlights. Yes, I can YouTube and watch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, I, I watched Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Dr. J. I'm just saying if I was younger, like Marzian, I could YouTube and watch that. Or they used to have ESPN Classic, by the way, which I'm really sad that they got rid of that because it really was a, a great thing for people that didn't get to watch all the old-timers play, like Jerry West. I didn't get to watch Jerry West play, but I was able to watch it like an ESPN Classic when they would run those games back. Um, so that kind of stunk that they got rid of that. But NBA TV from time to time will show old basketball games that you can watch that way. Uh, so for me, I, I don't necessarily agree with the list, obviously. But again, prisoner of the era uh, that he played in. And really, you know, you could put Dr. J on the list instead of Tiny Archibald. And, you know, that would be very self-centered, egotistical, obviously. Uh, but Jordan would put himself on a list. And I'm pretty sure uh, Russell and Chamberlain would put themselves on a list. Obviously, it passed away. But uh, Jerry West uh, would put himself on, on a list. I'm assuming Oscar Robertson would put himself on the list. Jabbar definitely would. Magic probably would. Um, surprised Dr. J didn't do that. Uh, what say you, Mr. Marzian? Yeah, everyone, everyone for sure thinks that their era was the best. And, you know, the guys from the 90s will say this was the most physical and the toughest era. And the guys now will say, well, no, this is the most talented era and all that. And everyone, everyone's naturally going to believe that the era they played in was the toughest, the best. And the guys from that era are the best. Like, that's just how you are. You, It's a pride thing of like, you, you don't want to sit there and be like, well, back in my day, the league sucked, so that's why I dominated. Nobody's going to say that. No. Um, and, but, and I, and I actually didn't know that he said the part about he's not going to judge anyone before their career is over. Because yep. I was like, how? I'm like, how can you leave off LeBron? Like, I can see leaving off Curry. Even I can see leaving off maybe a Duncan. Um, but like, and and Duncan's and I mean, he's not playing anymore. But that's not as much of a a terrible miss as not having LeBron. But I didn't I didn't know that he said that. Um. I think, you know, it, these things are always so hard too because are you judging the player? The question is always, well, do you just judge them in a vacuum or do you judge them compared to their era? You know, do you judge, okay, well, Bill Russell was like the, the Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain like absolutely dominated their era, but the era wasn't as strong. So when you actually compare them as basketball players to some of the guys today, okay, maybe these guys are better but they didn't dominate their era the way Bill Russell and Will. Like, it's it's just hard to judge because it depends on your criteria. It also depends on if you value longevity or if you value peak. If Like, there's just, you can value different things and come up with different, you know, lists based on that. Um, but I intersect here and just interject here quickly. Yes. Right. So if people don't know, uh, Marzian here is a Cubs fan. Don't hold that against him. He's a really nice guy. Uh, but I was listening to the Cubs game. Were they playing the Brewers? I don't know. I know I had the Cubs game on because the seven-year-old wanted to listen to it because he's a Cubs fan. You can hold it against him. Um, 
But the seven-year-old, we were listening. And there was a ball hit to the right side of the infield. And it got picked by the second base by Nico Horner, picked it up, made the throw out. And Coomer started laughing and said, when Tony Gwen hit that same ball, it was a base hit to right field when we played. Because there was no second baseman that could get to that ball like, like he can and others can today. And that was his way of saying they're better athletically today. They're quicker. They're faster. They can get to balls that back in our day would have been base hits or doubles or off the wall or whatever the case may be back when those guys played back in the day. And we're talking about, you know, the nineties more. We're not even talking about like the eighties going back even another generation or the seventies, as far as the type of shape and athleticism that they had back then athletes are bigger, faster, and stronger. And when you have, Youth athletes, whether it be basketball, football, or baseball, that are coming up, right? They're trying to get to through high school or whatever. All these coaches all say the same thing. Bigger, faster, stronger. That's your goal in the offseason. Go do it. That's what they want. And that's what you're seeing now. So to what Marzion said as far as, yeah, these guys are completely different than those guys that they played. And that's when you get these dumb comments like J.J. Reddick had as far as who they were playing versus who these guys are playing and so forth. But dominance is dominance still in your era. You were dominant at that level. And Chamberlain was dominant at that level. And we really haven't seen anybody dominate offensively the way he did in his era versus any other era since then, to be honest with you. If if you're going to talk about who dominated their eras the most and where they would be on a top 10 list. Yeah, because it's always like, it's always like, oh, whoa, look who Bill Russell played against. And like, I'm not saying you can't use that to knock him a little bit, but at the same time, you're like, but but that was the NBA. This wasn't yes. like you know that's that was the best. That was right. those were the best players. Um, he can't help that he was like just that much better than everyone else, and that he played against those type of guys. He was that much ahead of his time in terms of athleticism, in terms of skill, in terms of basketball ability. And so you have to use that for him a little bit. Of like, man, you were that good in a in an era where nobody was even close to that good. And it's the same with. People now watch these Jordan highlights of him making these crazy layups and dunks and stuff, and it and people are like, "Oh well, you know, half the league can do that now." But that doesn't. Nobody did it back then. You know, nope. that doesn't. That's what made it great. And it's like I I look at it as twenty years from now, there's going to be guys all over the court shooting these threes that Steph Curry makes all the time, and I'm going to have to listen to my kids be like, "Well," and I'm going to show them Steph Curry highlights, and they're going to be like. Well, this isn't anything special. And I'm going to be like, you don't understand. Like this, this was not a, nobody did this. This was the first guy to do it. And so that's when I'm going to, I think, kind of start to realize how that whole thing works of like, you have to be there in the moment to really appreciate like when when it happens for the first time, when it, when it's someone doing it before everyone else and how, how far ahead, like Jordan was so ahead of his time athletically and did so many things on the court that nobody had done before. Yeah, they do them now but that doesn't make it less great of him doing it like 30 years ago. Um, so yeah, like it, you have to kind of put it into context. You have to kind of add that to it. And that's again, what makes it so hard is you can't just look at specific stats. You can't just look at, you know, their competition. Cause there's just so much that goes into it. There's so you can, you can judge it in so many different ways. And there's a lot of stuff that just can't really be captured with, with numbers and everything. It's funny you bring that up. Cause I had this conversation with a 16 year old the other day because we were talking about historical figures and everything else. And he wants to, he wants to continuously tell me that Otani is the greatest athlete of all time. I was like, mm, baseball player. Okay. I can roll with you on baseball, maybe but not athlete, but to what you just said, Otani is pitching and hitting right prior to this between Babe Ruth. And now when you were are drafted, 
you're told pick. You want to pitch or you want to hit? You don't get to do both. Pick which one you want to do. Or the organization picks for you and says, we view you as a third baseman, but I want to pitch. No, your chase are done. You want to play for us or not? Okay, you're going to play third. Sounds good. What's going to happen, mark my words, once Otani gets this half-billion-dollar deal, you're going to see everybody and their mama talking about, hey, I want to pitch. I can hit really well, but if I can pitch too, look at all the more money I can make if I can go both ways once I get. That is going to, this right now, what we're watching, is going to change the game. And I think maybe nobody will put up the offensive numbers and pitching dominance like he has, but it's going to be more of a thing in, say, 15 years. 10, 15 years, there's going to be a lot more guys that are doing this. You're going to have guys that are probably on every Major League Baseball team that are playing pitcher and then hitting uh, on their off days, whether it be in the outfield or DH or whatever the case may be. I think that's where this is headed for baseball, too, Nathan. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, and I think that that only adds to those players' greatness, honestly. Like, again, some people will think that it takes away because if you look at you know the highlights and look at what they did later on when it doesn't seem as crazy you know when everyone else is doing it all of a sudden like if everyone starts pitching and hitting or a lot of guys start with pitching and hitting you can look back at Otani and be like well that doesn't seem that crazy that yep. a player was pitching and hitting but the fact that he was the first to do it that adds to your greatness because it shows how much you impacted the game like when everyone starts you know and they're already doing it but everyone starts shooting threes all the time and these guys are just you know coming into the league that can shoot from 30 feet okay but Steph Curry being the first one to do that and influencing this whole era of three-point <laughs> basketball that adds to his legacy. That's something that instead of being something that, oh, well, you know, now everyone can do that. So actually Curry's not as good as these new guys. No, like that, he he was the one that started that. Just like Jordan, again, was the one that was doing all these things first. And then you had guys like Kobe come along and want to be like Jordan. You had all these other guys come along that want to be like Jordan. And yeah, then they can end up, you know, we we have advances and everything and um, guys can just, they're more athletic and they're, the training is better and all that stuff. And they can now do close to what Jordan could do. But that, again, Jordan was doing it 30 years ago. It's right. like you have to take that into account when it happened. Yep, totally agree with you. All right, so let's uh, talk about making that Bucks list. Uh, and the website, clutchpoints.com, put together a Bucks 10 greatest players of all time list after this Dr. J list came out. And I, I, I would assume that a lot of these blog sites probably did top 10 lists going off of their team and so forth because the Dr. J thing caught fire on social media and blew up. Uh, so here we go. Number one, to nobody's surprise, is Giannis. We both agree. I'm assuming yes, Marzian. Yeah. No. I will. Like the only thing is, it there's there's two ways of looking at this: the greatest Buck ever, or the greatest player to ever wear a Bucks uniform. Because 
in terms of who's the better player all time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is better than Giannis. So you could say, well, Kareem is the best player to ever wear a Bucks uniform. But in my mind, I mean, if you're just talking about who's the greatest Buck ever, that's Giannis because he's been here longer. He's just done more for the franchise. I think like it's Giannis definitely to me in the, in that sense. But if you're just talking about best player to wear the uniform, it's Kareem. As of right now. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, Kareem, I, like, it, again, it's, and, and it's, I, I'm just talking about, like, yeah, you know, Giannis has accomplished more with the Bucks than Kareem did with the Bucks, for sure. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. You're saying if we put a top 10 list together, Jabbar would be in front of Giannis, probably. Yeah, Jabbar is like third. Giannis is probably 15th, you know? I mean. Okay. So, number two on this list, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. So, there you go. He's number yeah. two. Okay. Number three, Oscar Robertson. I know deep. Yeah. Yep. Number four, Sidney Moncrief. Anybody you're thinking should be in front of those four at this point, Marzian? All right. You, I don't know if you're going to get mad at this. I'm not going to get mad. It's your opinion. As long as you don't say like Marty Conlon or something, I'm fine. Chris Middleton. <laughs> okay. Explain yourself. Go ahead. I mean, obviously won a title, has been a multi-time all-star, um, all-NBA guy. I think he's accomplished and has kind of had similar, I don't know, similar numbers and accomplished similar things as guys like, you know, Moncrief and even Marcus Johnson did with the Bucks. And those guys were, I mean, this isn't taking anything away from Those guys are awesome players. But I think he's accomplished similar stuff while also having the championship. That, to me, puts him over the top. Moncrief doesn't have the championship. Between 82 and 86, he made five consecutive NBA All-Star teams, also named to the All-NBA first team once, All-NBA second team four times during that time frame from 82 to 86. During that period, he also made the All-NBA first team defense four times and the second All-NBA first or defense second team one time and was named the Defensive Player of the Year on two occasions in that stretch of time. That's some record. One of the best players in the league for an extended period and with – 10 buck seasons under his belt. Moncrief will be hard to dislodge from this top four. He, he actually, I, I'll put him above. I'll put him, I'm going to put, I'll put Chris slightly behind those guys. Okay. So those Chris, four Chris has, cause Chris, cause Chris has, so Chris has the three all-stars, but he, he actually, all I, NBA. no, he, I mean, he, he hasn't been all, I thought he had been on a third team at one point, but he hasn't been all NBA. He's been very close. Um, the fact that they were first, first team all NBA, and second team multiple times, I'll I'll give it them. You know, again, the championship gives you something over those guys. Like that that definitely sure. closes the gap, but I, I guess that's not enough to put him above. So I take that back. Number five, Bob Dandridge, baby. Uh obviously he was on the championship team. Obviously, we remember that. Dandridge uh averaged 18, eight, and three and a half assists that year. And by the end of his career, he had compiled nine seasons with the Bucks, which bore similar numbers. With three all-star appearances this time with Milwaukee, undoubtedly deserves his spot in the top five Milwaukee players of all time. Here, I think you can have the argument of Middleton versus Dandridge. I think here yeah. is where you can have the conversation of maybe Middleton is five at this point, maybe. Because six, I think, is a better player than Chris Middleton, but he is six. Marcus is that, Johnson. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I'll put, as I was saying before, I think I'll put, I'll change my, my mind and I'll put Moncrief and Marcus slightly above Chris, but Chris above Dandridge. Yep, okay, fine. 
Moving on to number seven on the list is Chris Middleton. So they, he was relatively close to right where you had him. Number yeah. eight, TC, Terry Cummings. Uh, Cummings averaged 19, uh, 7.8 8 rebounds, 2.3 assists per game, racking up a couple of all-NBA and all-star appearances in that time. Uh, let's see. So that was TC. I love Terry Cummings when I was a kid watching him play. Number nine, Ray Allen at number nine. Thoughts on Ray Allen at nine? It's a tough guy to really peg on this list because he wasn't here. You know, he, he didn't stay long enough and accomplish much. You know, yeah, they had that one year in 01, but it's like, it's hard to really, you know, if he had stayed here a little bit longer, then yes, you could really argue for him to be closer to the top five. But it's like, I, I don't have a problem with Cummings over him. I mean, I think, I think they're very close neck and neck. I think they could go either way. Number 10, give you three guesses, three guesses. Take your shot. Number 10 on this list. If you don't have the list up and are cheating. Number 10. I don't have go it. ahead. I don't have it. I don't have it up. Um, I think he, I mean, he hasn't been here that long, but I, I think there's a case to be made for drew. You're a jerk. You saw the list. Drew. Holiday. Is it him? Yeah. Drew holiday. at 10. he's all excited. Drew holiday at 10. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I just think I just think when you look at how good he is defensively, combined with winning a title, I think that you automatically have a case to be in the top ten just based on that. I know? struggle and, with McLaughlin not being on the list when he is Mister Milwaukee Buck. Uh, he his number is retired. He's one of the best shooters the Bucks have ever had uh, in the history of the Milwaukee Bucks as well. I think McLaughlin deserves to be on this list before Drew Holiday does. Uh, for now, sure. again, Ryan Winters is another guy that you, if you want to have that conversation about whether or not he should be on that list because he's retired as well. Uh, but McLaughlin, for me, should definitely be on this list somewhere. Yeah, if if you're just talking about, again, you know, the the impact on the team and, like, overall, what you know, what did they do for the Milwaukee Bucks, then, yes, McLaughlin would be higher than Drew. But I just think, again, Drew's defensive accolades um, – Couple, you know, he has a couple All Star appearances, and now the championship, which McLaughlin has one too. But you know, Drew, Drew has one now as well, and he's got more defensive accolades. I think, just strictly as a player, it's it you could you could put Drew over him. But as you said, in terms of being Mister Milwaukee and everything, and more important to the franchise, you know, from its from its beginning, then yeah, it would be McLaughlin. Yeah, no doubt about it. And so that that's something to consider uh, as well when you start talking about this is length of time that they're there and how much of that should that factor in when you're putting together a list. If a player is with the team only with three or four years, does that player be on, belong on a list? For instance, the Lakers say they're retiring LeBron James' jersey. They said it's a done deal. That, that's happening. They're retiring his jersey. When LeBron James is done playing, how will he be remembered? What jersey? Um, I think, I think Cavs. Right, you can't even say that for certain, because Miami, what is what he did there? The Lakers, I would say Cleveland. I agree with you, but it, it, it'll be interesting because he's been so many different places of how people will actually remember this dude, Kevin Durant. How's he going to be remembered? I, I don't know. I, I think of him as the Thunder. Me too. But that's that's also just me growing up watching him. Like that's what I knew him as, um, and then kind of since then it's been hopping from team to team. But 
I like LeBron to me, it's Cavs because that's where he started and it's where he won his most important title. So like, that's why I would say Cavs for him for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I don't know for me, it's LeBron and for Cleveland, like you said, and Durant uh, with a thunder, that makes the most sense. I want to, I want to ask you, I want to ask you who, who just kind of off the top of your head, your top five to 10 of all time, try to put it in order if you, if you can. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Players in the NBA yes. history or Bucks? NBA history. Oh, well, back to that NBA history list. I, I still think Jordan is one. Okay, good. Um, so I, I would still be a Jordan one. I think LeBron would be two. Uh, Jabbar three. Good. Chamberlain four. Hakeem five. Bill Russell, six. Magic, seven. Uh, the next name that comes to my head is Bird, just off of the top of my head without writing it down, kind of looking at a list. But that's kind of where, where I'm at. What about you? So I'm, a, I'm definitely Jordan, LeBron, Kareem. After that, there's kind of a jumble of guys that, like, I can't really – I can't separate these guys by much. Um, like magic, it's hard for me because I feel like Curry's the the greatest point guard ever, or the greatest player. Again, it's it's different. The greatest player to ever play point guard, I think, is Curry. Now, if you're talking about a pure point guard, it's probably Magic. But and but Magic, ha- I don't know. They both had such an influence on the game. So I kind of put Magic ahead of Curry in these, even though like I do kind of think that just in terms of the player, I think Curry's almost better. But the um, difference but put, is when you make that comparison, judging it how you want, he could play one. Th- he did. I could. He did play one through five on the floor. I know. That, I know. That's it, what separates it, it when you start comparing him to other – when you compare him to a guard or any other position like LeBron because he can play across the board. That changes the game, I think. Yeah, and his passing was you know better than Curry's. But, again, Curry's shooting is just so dang good that it's hard to – it definitely closes the gap. But I'll put Magic up there. Hakeem – Shaq are like neck and neck for me. Um, then I get to like Duncan. Um, I think he's kind of underrated all time. Same with, I think Hakeem's underrated all time. I feel like most people have him 10 to 15 when like he should be in, he should be in top five conversations. Yes. Like he's, Agreed. his peak is one of the most underrated ever. So I, you know, I get to like Duncan around seven, Curry, Bird, Wilt, Russell, all those guys. Like they're just so hard to separate. I mean, sure. again, with Wilt, with Wilt and Russell, I'm like, Again, if you're just talking strictly about their era, yeah, they could be number one and number two based on just dominating their era. But I'm like, I don't know. I think that their era has to count a little bit against them, enough for me to put guys like Shaq, Hakeem above them because like those guys still were very dominant in their eras in a better era. Um, but yeah, it's it's so hard. Those are when kind this of the is names. All done, when he's all done playing, and we have this conversation again. KD is going to be in the top ten. I'm telling you right now. 
He's going to know. be in the top 10 when this is all done. Right now, there's a lot of angst, and people are not KD guys. I get it. But if you look at numbers, talent, all that stuff, like it, it, it's going to be awfully hard to keep KD out of the top 10 when this is all said and done with Kevin Durant. I think I think he's going to be more of a 15th-ish guy, 10 to 15 in that range. And, and because I do think that it's that much – it's that much um, super team stuff that I think that people will remember him that way. It's not like, the okay, the Golden State and Brooklyn and now the Phoenix, like he, he you know, we're going to look back and say he never won a ring where he was like far and away the best player. You know, Giannis is one ring, in my opinion, and I think most people would agree. Giannis is one ring is a far more meaningful in terms of legacy ring than any of KD's. Agreed. And yeah. it's just like, I just think that that will come back to bite him. Um, I think people will always look at him as like, yeah, one of the best scorers ever. But just all time, it's hard to put him on these lists because he always needed the help and because he always was going on the super teams and, you know, leaving for Golden State was the, you know, biggest snake move in NBA history. And so... But see, now LeBron doesn't get that same beef. But LeBron, here's the thing. LeBron then, he, I had that beef with LeBron until he won it in 2016. And then you're like, okay, the dude has carried a team to a ring True. without without a ton of help. Then all of a sudden I'm like, all right, you know, he is he is that dude. I'm, I'm going to not count that stuff against him too much. If he had not won since leaving Miami, then I would absolutely be like, okay, LeBron, we might not call him the second greatest player of all time because he hasn't won a ring outside of that super team in Miami. That's kind of where I'm at with KD. You know, if he had... And he's, I mean, it's not like he is completely sucked in the playoffs or anything, but. God, do you know how good Oklahoma City would be if they added Kevin Durant to that roster? Yeah. You have man. any idea? He could end his career in Oklahoma City and win maybe a couple of rings on the way out with a young, really up and coming team with a lot of talent on it. Yeah. If he, if he waits, if he waits like two years and then I think they'll be really ready to like actually because i think right now they're still in that like okay they're gonna be a playoff team but they're not they're not gonna be a title contender but wait a couple years and then it would be okay you know we get a kevin durant and we are the team to beat and Um, people would appreciate him more if he ends his career where he started it and helps if the thunder won a championship you don't think of a story that would be it'll be like the bucks winning a championship same type of deal it'd be a huge nba story no doubt yes something like that definitely would move him in the top 10 for most people and but like i mean him even if he even if the suns win the title this year i just think there'll still be this narrative of like okay but he had booker he had paul he or not paul he had booker he had um beal like there's just it's not even close to like him carrying the team unless he unless those guys struggle and he averages like 40 in the playoffs but i just it's gonna be hard to really be like yeah he like we for sure know that he is that good because we just don't we i don't think we'll ever see kevin durant carry a team to a title and that's just a reason why it'll be like well i can't really call him a top 10 player of all time do you where do you rank kobe by the way yeah kobe i think I see. I forgot all about Kobe. Kobe would definitely be in front of Bird for me. Because I have Kobe. So probably like seven. I, I, me personally, I usually have Kobe like, like 11, 10, 11. That goes back to what you said. He did all that with Shaq, which is great. But when he won it with Gasol, that's what changed everything to me. Because he literally 
picked Gasol up and made him into a better player by himself, by bullying or whatever you want to call it, um, and went and won that. That was not the most talented team in the whole wide world that Kobe and Gasol were on, but they figured out how to go win it. That was far and away not a super team. They didn't have a dominant big by any stretch of ma- imagination like like Kobe had with Shaq all those years. That, to me, was the, the really the most impressive thing. And it's the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan. He really is the closest thing. Now, mind you, he patterned his game and tried to imitate everything Michael did, but he was the closest we've seen to Michael Jordan since Michael Jordan. Even though everybody else has tried to be like Mike, he was the closest one. Yeah, I, I usually put him around 10, 11, because again, yeah, those first few rings were more Shaq. I mean, the first ring he won, I don't, most people don't even know, but like the first ring that those Lakers won in 2000, Shaq averaged 37 and Kobe averaged 16. I mean, it yep. was like in the fight in the finals, like it was really a almost like Giannis to Chris Middleton type of thing at the time, even, even bigger difference than that. Cause Chris averaged 24 in the finals, Giannis averaged 35, but it was like, I just don't think people realize how much it was Shaq's team at the beginning as far as scoring and all that and just how dominant he was. And then, yeah, winning those ones in the end of the, you know, 2009, 2010. But I will say, again, something that kind of gets lost in history because they won. Game seven in 2010 of the finals, Kobe shot, it was six of 24, six of something like that. He was awful in that game, but people just forget about it because they won the game. But it's like, I don't know. That stuff kind of gets lost in history. And that's the stuff that I also kind of take into account of like, yeah, you won, but you also were awful in the game. So like, how much can I, I don't know. It's, it's something that knocks him a little bit. Um, and I just think he was, I, I don't know. I think he was inefficient and that knocks him a little bit for me. He was more of a volume guy. So very much a volume guy. You're a thousand. Yeah, so, correct. so to me, I, I, I bump him down a little bit for that. Um, but still, you know, one of the most influential players ever. And so I, I mean, he's still borderline top 10 for me. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. And of course, uh, you can download the Green and Growing podcast on your Odyssey app or you download your favorite podcast. And of course, we stream these live uh, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page uh, for Green and Growing. You can always go back and watch these videos if you'd like. Uh, in the future, we record on Monday and Thursday nights, and then they're posted the very next morning. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. And Toodles.